Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You are the best. You got the we roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest. Featuring hard-hitting interviews with Rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Yeah, I'm here. What's up, man? What's going on, dude? Going on. Well, this is great, guys. Long time no see, man. I know, I know. (laughs) Just so you know, this is how Jeff and I check in. Right. Now now, now we do Zoom. These are band meetings, basically. You you think they're interviews? They're really just band meetings for me and Jeff. Well, take. go ahead. to catch up on where we are with our progress. Take it from here. If you got something you got to to nail down, absolutely. Well, it's a pleasure. Jeff, I, I tried to nail you down about a month ago because I'm such a fan of the the new Wet album, but it took... The man here, David Ellison, and this new duo that you guys have created to to make this all happen. And look at this. This is kind of a mega powers exploding here. Welcome. It's been a few years, man. I'm going to have to have a word with my people then. If you haven't been able to reach me Uh. for a... For do something like this, then yeah, there's something wrong in the universe. Well, <laughs> the last time I think we saw you was uh, here in Kansas City at uh, the T- TSO show okay. uh, a couple years ago, back when, you know, touring and live events and people, we all just, it's this weird thing that happened uh, oh, prior to 2020. I get it. <laughs> well, for you guys, this is great. And welcome both of you to the Music Mania podcast. You've both been on separately. Uh, David's now almost a co-host. He's been on so much. So much keeps popping up for him, which is wonderful. But um for you guys, we're here to talk about uh, your new single, a cover of Riot Swords and Tequila. I guess, uh, Jeff, starting with you, how did this happen? I never really would would have thought of or connected the like six degrees of Kevin Bacon dots from you to, to David Ellison. How do you guys know each other and how did this happen? Well, clearly, David and I are connected by many, many of our cohorts and resources. I mean, musically, of course, um, our, our main guy, our main go-between, the six degrees of of Al Petrelli, I guess, would be mm-hmm. the, uh, the proper term. Uh, Al, I've known since, uh, oh, geez, 1990, I think it was, when we first met, and for the better part of 30-some-odd years. And obviously, Al was in Megadeth for a period of time, but uh, that's where he broke his bread with David. And that's pretty much how we met. I mean, the, during the TSO runs, you know, I obviously David and I have known of each other through the years and we have the mutual respect, but it wasn't until that, uh, that kind of go between about Petrelli to finally meet. And obviously musically, we just, we both, we both meet in, in different worlds. And, uh, and it was, just, it was one of those things. It's about time, you know, it's uh, David and I basically started working together because he had a song that he wanted me to sing on. He's always working on something. He's always, just like me, we're always I've noticed. Spinning, spinning our <laughs> wheels. And uh, he basically threw me a few bucks to sing on a song last year. It came out great. I knocked it out for him really quickly. And I guess I kind of stuck in the back of his brain. You know, I can kind of rely on Jeff if I need him for something. He's not going to blow me off and say, and you know, turn it in six months later. 
and they, it, it came full circle. He, he kind of reached out again to do some more stuff. And I said, you don't have to pay me for this. You know, I, I have a feeling we're going to be doing a lot of stuff together. Let's just do it and see what happens with it. We had no intent on releasing it or starting a new band or a new project, new album, whatever. Mm. We have our hands full and tied with so many other things. We just decided, I, you know, let's just see what it sounds like if we collaborate and do some stuff together. From that, we've got something like 14 or 15 <laughs> songs. And, and we decided, you know, we're on to something. I think we better follow up on it and see if we can get some interest from it. And it seems to be the interest is coming from left, right, and center. It's, it's blowing up. People are excited about this. Uh, well, well, David, why this song? I mean, uh, you know, Riot's one of those bands that's either like, they're your favorite band or you don't know who they are. It's very mm -hmm. strange. They have one of those, you know, one of those New York city bands that kind of formed in the mid seventies. And why this song you just did and an album of called, uh, you know, no cover uh, last year. Right. Why was this kind of the first song to kind of get you guys your, your, your ship sailing here? Well, it wasn't the first song we actually worked on. It was mm. funny. We kind of just, it just hit me one day when we were, you know, we're already riffing through, God, probably a half a dozen tunes, at least, you know, maybe upwards of 10 songs we kind of had that we were floating back and forth between me and Jeff and um, my guitar player, Andy Martin Jelly over in, uh, in uh, Verona, Italy. He and I have a good collaborative spirit on stuff. And, and I think the time zones work well, you know, when I'm sleeping, <laughs> he's riffing and when I'm awake, he's sleeping and um but i you know it just hit me out of nowhere like a lot of these things i was like god let's i'm not searching tequila it just felt right you know what i mean when you get in with a group of people that you know these covers and these sort of things they kind of present themselves um based on the just kind of the, the temperature in the room and jeff's voice i think you know probably lent a little bit to that um and you're right riots um you know to me i, I heard them first on that castle donnington Monsters of Rock album. In fact, I actually just Same. bought a copy, right? I bought you did yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I just bought uh -huh. a copy on Amazon. I was like, I got to get a copy of this. I remember when I was like 16, the drummer in my band in Minnesota, he walked in, like he brought in the Def Leppard onto the Night album, Heaven and Hell, Scorpions Love Drive. I mean, these were all kind of the next wave of, of really cutting edge records, you know. Um, and it was, you know, mostly European stuff and and you know, then Maiden and venom and motorhead and you know all this this new wave of british heavy metal and and riot was on that record along with april wine and yeah. rainbow with graham bonnet and um amazing you know, oh my and God. now of course now it's known Everything. as the download festival but it started back then with it was called castle, castle donnington yeah monsters rock and that was where i first heard a riot and it's funny because uh guy spranza who is the the original singer who i still to me is the voice of of riot um, yes yeah. you know and has since passed away. And they, to me, were kind of like this USA representation of the new wave of British heavy metal. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah, that, that movement, I mean, look, out of it, Def Leppard, Maiden, you know, Motorhead. Um, but there's other bands like Diamond Head, Tigers of Pain Tang. There's a mm -hmm. you know, handful that didn't go as far, you know, that, that, that for whatever reason, songs, management, record companies, whatever, they just didn't quite make the... The turn. Some of those now Metallica has made very famous. Yeah, very <laughs> like true. Thank, thank God for Metallica. They, they, they gave careers to bands twenty years after their careers were over. You know, royalty checks coming in. I'm sure they yeah. could buy houses. You know, um, God bless them for doing that. But you know, so this. So waiting yeah, for so, them to cover one of my songs. Damn it. Yeah, right. Yeah, any day now. Any day. <laughs> Surely they know some Axel Rudy Pell from back in the day. <laughs> Exactly. So that, that's that's it. You know, it's funny. We actually were working on another song because you know, it's funny. I, I was just 
talking to Andy on WhatsApp, Jeff, right? This is our band meeting here right before uh, we got <laughs> on here. I think we're up to like 17 songs, you know, and so it's and, and some of these some of these we just kind of send back and forth as you would in any band. You're in a room, you, you jam some stuff. Hey, I got an idea. How about yeah. this? And some of it's like, whoa, awesome. You know, it keeps you up at night because you're so excited. Other stuff is like, yeah you know, maybe set it to the side, you know, some, I'm of the opinion that some songs just write themselves right there in the room. And then others, you know, take time, you know, you got to put them on the back burner. They're simmering away. It's like cooking a meal, you know, you got the main course in the oven and then other little things you got to kind of tend to on the side. And, um, you know, some songs make the cut. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they're better served over in another setting. And, and I think that's like Jeff said, that's the fun of this is yeah. we're not, we're not, uh, attached from either a, a kind of a creative or an ego point of view that a, that's my song. I have to get it on here. And, and that probably comes because we've worked so much with so many people. And yeah. I was going to kind of wear it like a loose garment, if you will, yeah. you know, and you kind of, you know, you, you, you want to be committed to it, but you don't have to just get married to it right away. And, and sometimes I think in, in these worlds that we live in, you know, you get some second set of ears on it as we get out of the studio with it, we let some other people hear it. Yeah. And, and, um, those people can help, you know, sometimes hear things in a different setting because it is the business of music. So right now we're in the music of music. And then after we get done with this little phase, we'll put it out to some friends and, and they'll, uh, <coughs> excuse me, they'll, they'll let us know if it fits somewhere, you know, for the, for the business. Well, I think it does. And uh, you can check out the, the video on YouTube right now. It's uh, tremendous. Uh, so Jeff, for you, you're also trading off lead vocals uh, on this song with uh, with Rick Hughes from Sword. What was that like? I mean, he adds a whole new element to it because you get your guys's voices are just, you know, both amazing, but both so different. And what was it? What was it kind of like uh, bringing him in, in on this song? Well, this was a David call. I, I wasn't very familiar with Sword or Rick. Uh, you know, when he, he came to me with the idea, he basically said, you know, I, I love this guy's voice. I love this band. And I think the connection of Swords and Tequila with the singer from Sword and the fact that he's a great singer, great guy, and you have you guys have such different voices. To be honest with you, when he sent me the the original idea of the, you know the the duo singing thing, I was thinking, oh geez, I better go redo my stuff because Rick has pretty much just blown me out of the water. <laughs> you know, I pretty much I tried to kind of stay within the context of the original version because again, as we were talking about Riot and that particular song, it's one of those things. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I didn't want to. To get all JSS on it. I wanted to try to stay as true, true to form. So I didn't really go outside the box. Whereas Rick, he was hitting high notes and more metal. And he, he basically put his element on it. And I listened back and I go, man, I, I probably should be more in competition with him in terms of the trade-off as opposed to, okay, well, it, it sounds like I'm just staying, staying normal with it while he's going off. And then I, I sat back and I thought, you know what? Maybe that's actually a better idea because I don't. If it starts sounding like a competition, it's going to sound like it's two singers trying to outdo each other, as opposed to making the best version of that song, the best cover version of that song. So I, I honed it back. I kept my original vocal, and uh, and Rick did his thing, and I think it works really well that way. Oh, it it absolutely does. And you know, I want to get into now that we've got you here, and I've got you. You know, I've got you surrounded. I, I got to talk about the new wet album. It's retransmission. Perfect it's timing. I think it, David had a cough attack. That's oh, why. Yeah, he, yeah. He There's a cough for button second. for that, by the way. <laughs> earlier, uh, wet. This new wet album. It's it's we're early in 2021, but Jeff, I'm calling it right now, and I'm not just kissing your ass here. It's the best. It's the best out. Al- 
album rock album of 2021 it's over i'm Ooh. calling it it's melodic as hell the hooks for days i love this album and any, anyone that i've showed this record people are just going nuts for and so thank you tell us about kind of what the reception's been like uh and, and i know it's been out just for a couple months now what's what's the reception been like on your end overall it's been exactly as you called it i mean it's uh a lot of people are hearkening it to the original the first album debut album in terms of their favorite since then uh, a lot are basically they're they're saying it's our best outing since that first album, and I personally don't agree. I, I think we've progressed and we've grown, and we I, I love all four records equally. I, I think there was some great stuff on Earth Rage. There was great stuff on Rise Again, Rise Up, and uh, I think it's just, it's a natural progression of what this project because I can't really call it a band. We're not a band tours. A band does shows. We've we've done a handful of shows. We've never done a tour, so it's more of a, a studio project. Is something that we can we can show the best of where we come from and put it into this, and that's basically what Wet is about. And that's pretty much what we're, I'm doing with David. We're, he's not trying to take leftover stuff from Megadeth, and I'm taking leftover stuff. He's got a lot of original stuff that he a lot of output that he's just using his influence and i'm doing the same i'm not taking anything old or borrowed or i'm just going into it with a fresh idea fresh ears and it's exactly you know it's what we do with wet those guys are great at what they do and they're basically honing those items together and and that's that's the outcome and that's again that's what I'm, what i'm doing with david well, we got David back just in time. I've just been uh, kissing Jeff's ass for the last five minutes or so talking. As about well, new, you should. The new Wet album. Have you heard the new Wet album, David? It's phenomenal. You probably you have. You know what? I have not, <laughs> and I will. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I put I put him on the spot right here. Well, uh, no, it, and it's it's normal because you know it, it. Just like I haven't I haven't heard most of the no covers. I've heard a couple <laughs> of the ones that were on YouTube. Uh, it's we're so busy, and I, and I yeah. got to be honest. This is by no stretch or, or by no disrespect whatsoever. People ask me all the time, what are you listening to lately? What is what is new? What is new that you can share with us? I can't share anything. I don't have time to listen to music. I'm so slammed every single day. And I'm not kidding. I'm busy every day with five or six different things I'm juggling all the time that all my energies are put into that. By the time I'm done working for the day, the last thing I want to do is listen to music. I basically want to just chill, watch a TV show, have dinner, and just kind of, you know, decompress. So I don't really listen to a lot of new stuff. All my friends, you know, Portnoy, I'm in a band with, and I haven't heard any of the stuff that he's putting out. Where normally I would take the time to be familiar with my, mm -hmm. my, you know, my uh, collaborators and my cohorts, uh, other stuff. Yeah, uh, no question about it. And, and David, for you, someone that, like you said, you kind of you wake up and I, I you know, you live in that studio that you're sitting in right there. I mean, you're right. just constantly nose to the grindstone. I mean, in the last year do you feel like that it's for you, it's kind of allowed you the time to, to be able to do a lot of these things because obviously nobody, you know, would have wished uh, a COVID on the world. Nobody would have wished, you know, the tour with Lamb of God to be canceled. That was a huge tour, right. you know, that we, we sure hope, you know, comes up again. Um, but do you think that it's been beneficial in, in some kind of a strange way? Yeah. I mean, look, I think these collaborations, they happen in so many different ways now because people are, home they're anxious they're bored they're sort of um you know thinking about creating things um in different ways i mean that no cover record happened strictly because we'd been doing a bunch of live streams with the david ellison youth music foundation um when we partnered up with the grammys on that and that all of a sudden we had we had everybody's number is like hey you want to sing on this song we're doing hey you want to play your drums on this you know track on this um 
and that's that's how our world really is. Um, like like Jeff said, I'll go down and I'll see TSO, and uh, you know to see him and Al. And it's funny because Al, what does he say, Jeff? He's he's the most famous unknown guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> that's like his goal. That's his goal. Like I talked yeah. about Al so much in all my interviews because you know he's been such a good friend to me. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, and he's he's just got great, you know, you know, kind of practical working musician advice you know even when he was in megadeth you know with me um so i'll go down and i'll I'll see you know jeff and and uh angus and al and everybody and and um you know just kind of catch up you know and and that's and that's kind of what this is you know this is a big so much about being in in music um has nothing to do with music you know it's like can you hang uh, yeah. We always say that, you know, you, it's, it's one true. thing to be able to write a song, play together, but then you go out in the yellow submarine for 18 months to promote a record. And <laughs> that's where the rubber meets the road, you know? So um, I think when there's just kind of a good hang together um, and that's what we're seeing, you know, a lot this last year, you see Charlie Benante and Alex Skolnick, these guys are the masters of these four square um, zoom collaborations and, um, you know, I've I've been part of a couple myself, but I, I think probably Jeff and I are alike in that we don't really maybe do the Zoom collaborations as much as we like to just make masters. We like to make records and recordings because those things will live forever. Um, I guess YouTube stuff will live forever, too. Um, but um, it's nice to have a body of work and sort of this this vault of material that um you know that that is that that gets recorded and created kind of out of the blue that none of us would have expected would have ever even happened and strangely i find it, i find it ironic that uh covid has actually kind of halted my day job in terms of the things that i normally do okay tso that was an obvious we weren't going to be able to do the tour last year but uh, all the other things that i'm doing from my band soto to sons of apollo we're not in any kind of creative mode whatsoever in terms of, mm. okay, maybe we should take this time to start honing and following up. I more, more of these kinds of things have come out of the COVID situation than my own personal stuff. And I find that an amazing thing to add to what I normally do because um, I'm able to channel other areas. I'm able to channel even the boredom or the, the, the need for therapy that I get out of music into the things I'm doing, like we're, like what we're doing here. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the only reference you have so far, Clint, is the Swords and Tequila thing. Wait till you hear what we're actually doing on an original level. Cannot wait for that, you guys. Um, I've, I've been such a fan of this. And, you know, the, the fact that there are record labels out there, like Frontiers, for instance, Jeff, or for Ellison Records, those kind of partnerships to have uh, a place for these kind of recordings to get out there and get, you know, packaged and sent to the masses. How important <clears throat> is that David? Because I mean, obviously you're, you know, have a, have a strong end on that on, on your own record label right. and, and Jeff for the, the wet <laughs> album coming out on frontiers, which just pumps yeah. out content constantly. Right. And it, and it helps and it makes it feel as if there is still tangible music out there that you want to go and seek out and buy. I think it's really helpful. <clears throat> Well, you know, that's the whole reason why I put that EMP label group thing together. It stands for Ellison Music Production. It's just an acronym. Um, was because I wanted to have a place where I could at least put out my own records, my own productions, things that I, you know, nothing's worse than spending a bunch of time recording something. <laughs> and then you got to walk around the music business with your tin cup out begging for someone <laughs> to give you something. You know, <laughs> can you please put my record out? And we're friends with all these guys, you know, and... Monty Connor and Brian Slagle and, you know, all the guys in the business and the metal world and the rock world. And 
And, you know, sometimes they just don't have space for it. It's, it doesn't interest them. So I was like, well, I'll just kind of carve through that. And at least I've got a, a place where I can put stuff if, if, yeah. if I want to. And, and even for some of my friends, you know, who wanted to put records out, Ron Keel and, you know, oh, yeah. people, friends of mine, you know, so, oh. um, yeah, so that's, that's where that started. Now that's not the only place I can go. Um, you know, um, so that's, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it, it's finding the right home, you know, if, if you have other aspirations for different things for it. So, um, but to, I tell you what, to have a distribution deal, like I have, you know, I realized that when I've got this, this movie, this dwellers, this little found footage film that my friend Drew yeah. brought over to me, I'm like, <laughs> you know, wait a minute, I have a distribution company. Right, let me call them, you know, Hey, can I put a film out through this? Of course you can. I was like, well, guess I'm in the film business, you know? So that's, you know, it's, it's really a blessing to have that. Um, and cause they're hard to get, you know, so to, to have landed it and have it and have it secured. It's a pretty cool little perk. And I always tell people, Hey, look, while we're doing this, let's shoot for the stars and go for the biggest thing we can. And if, if nothing else, I can put it out through my label and we can find resources to fund it and do all these kind of things. And that's the other thing too. We're not, we don't really have an intent. It's not the old uh, teenage dream. Hey, let's put a band together. Let's get signed and let's be the next big thing. You know, we're, we're doing this first from the love of it because we have the resource, we have the background, the name of, you know, the names of where we come from, et cetera. And that gives us the opportunity to actually get people to listen to it for people to actually be interested like yourself and, and others that will finally get it out to but the bottom line is we're doing this because we want to do it. And if, if five people buy it, it's, it's good enough for us in terms of we wanted to do this together for the sake of just crafting something and seeing what it sound like for us to do something together. Yeah. And it's the reception has been uh, tremendous. Absolutely. I uh, can't wait to see what's next. And I think a lot of people are, agree with that. And, and David, I've just seen dwellers actually, you brought that up mm -hmm. um, not to give, our good friend True Forty Eight, a big head or anything, but it's winning awards like best feature at screenwriting at a screenwriting mm. festival, best director, uh, best horror feature. Hmm. I really enjoyed the film, to be honest. It's funny because like it, it had this error mm -hmm. of like you're in the film, kind of playing yourself, but like you're a mm -hmm. dick in it, <laughs> right? So it's like. Okay, everybody's is kind that of acting or not? We don't know. <laughs> Tom Hazard got to just kind of come across as like he, I always see him yeah. as this like daunting, like he'll just mother f you up and down if you cross yeah, right, him or right. something. But no, that was it's a, a great reception on Dwellers, man. And well, one of two things: either people really like it, or it's been a pandemic year and there's no movies or content, <laughs> so they're like, "We'll take whatever we can get." All right, we're going to give you all the awards. <laughs> So, That's but either way, it, it really is. It's really cool. Um, you know, I, I know, you know, very little about the film business. I know probably Jeff and I, we've made a ton of music videos and that's probably the extent of my, yeah. you know, mostly being in front of the camera. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, Drew's a lovely guy. He's got a very likable, uh, nature about him. He's a Midwest kid. And, um, and I just love people who are creative and just come up with bizarre, crazy ideas and, <laughs> And, uh, and he's one of those guys and, 
you know, when we sit on these Zoom calls with each other, I, we are too, you know what I mean? And we're just, we're just kind of a little loony, a little left to center. And um, I love, that's my tribe. You know, that's who I like hanging out with. So well, I, why not? I, Let's do it. I, I want to, I want in on this. Cause I, I'm a, I'm a writer myself. I just finished up on a college football documentary and I've been talking to Drew and I'm like, you know, we need, we need to do something together. We just need, you know, we need to, to, to all get in on one together one of these times. Cause we always got some good ideas from our end. So yeah, we need to do that sometime. And uh, that'd be great because I think that what you guys do, that that it, why not expand out into things like horror films and you know coffee I, and you've just done you know why not i gotta see this thing I, I, this, it's not the first time i'm hearing about this how come i haven't heard yeah i should dwellers? send you a link i know we're, yeah we're yeah funny. we're in a band together it's like <laughs> wait you're married i didn't even know well, you have kids wow <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> you live in arizona <laughs> exactly. it's really good you live down the street from me here in la we're so busy to, in our own little uh, bubble right our own little isolation yeah chamber. drew drew fortier is such like a he just has this like really nice and this lovable face about him and he's you know everything yeah. about him and so you really have the sense of dread during the film when things start to go south it's it's and it's yeah. a found footage well and the funny thing was is my first thought was, was well hey man why don't we like write a soundtrack because i always go to the music he goes uh it's found footage there is no soundtrack <laughs> oh damn it i'm like oh okay see i learned something new every day you know so what do i know i'm in a band you know so <laughs> well little things guys i i have enjoyed it so much before i let you go we always do this with david we'll try to get him some new questions but then we end with our final four drum roll which is four quick questions two for each of you in this case and we'll We'll get okay. you guys out of here. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. I got to put you on the spot with this first one. Jeff Scott Soto. Wait, 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 wait. If David's done this before. I want all four. Well, come on. You want take four? Him, take him. Well, no, I'm going to give I'll you the- back and, and no, no, enjoy this. Uh, no, no. <laughs> take I, I got to give you the hard one. So, okay. and so this you'll, you won't want another one. Uh, who, would you, who wins a base off? Billy Sheehan or David Ellison? Well, you, you, you know, you know, it's going to, it's, it's not because I'm in a band with both of the guys. It's, I mean, even David would agree. Billy's pretty much is the king. You know, if you, if you were going to throw in like a Jeff Berlin or a Jocko Pastorius, then I'd be like, oh my God, why'd you, why'd you put that in the mix? But Billy Sheen is, is my king. He's my God. The same as Eddie Van Halen is my God on the guitar. You know, I'd vote for Billy. So yeah, yeah you're good. It, yeah. You're good. Go I mean, of yeah. course, as, as far as chums, you know, and somebody I speak to regularly and somebody who's more, in my life, even though I've known Billy for over 30 some odd years, I go with David on that one, but only because Billy's, you know, Billy's Billy. He's got Billy. crazy stuff going on in his world and he's very private and he does his things. And the only time I really see and talk to Billy is when we're working together. But David and I pretty much are texting each other and speaking to each other every day now. So yeah. I'm close. I'm closer to David now, but Billy I'll is. I'll keep the, practicing. So one day <laughs> go. You got, I think you David Ellison's my guy. Hey, you've got the age factor going for you, David. That's not bad. I got a few years. I can still keep working years. at it. <laughs> okay. Uh, David, what is in a perfect world? What's the first concert you see when things get back to normal? And you can't say a Megadeth Lamb of God show either. Well, that was the one I was going to say, because that's probably the first one that I'm going to be at. Well, um, well, you know, the first one, well, I don't know what else is. It'll be there. Kiss again. Yeah. I mean, I see Kiss is going to go to Australia, <laughs> Japan. Um, Guns N' Roses are doing Australia. Um, you know, I think Europe's probably going away this you know which sucks because those are the big festivals I and mean, you okay, see your friends yeah. and you you know you get to see your you know i remember playing at a festival um it was you know like 6 a.m 
And then we played. And right after us was Queen on the main stage at Sweden <laughs> Rock. And right after Queen was King Diamond. I mean, you're like, come on, like King and Queen, you know, back and forth. You're like, <laughs> in fact, I was in the pit with Portnoy and Lizzie Hale. We're like just fanboying it. We're like doing air drum to the Roger Taylor drum, you know. Awesome. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those moments. I mean, who isn't a Queen fan, you know? So um that's the beauty of these festivals is you always see someone that you're a fan of so uh, it's it sucks that i think most of these festivals are you know at least the europe stuff is going to probably go away this year so yeah sweden rock just announced it's it oh it's really done. yeah yeah they but they waited till the 11th hour they just announced the other day that unfortunately man, we gotta do it next i don't time. know if i could do another summer of this guys yeah. man i yeah. tell you it's been rough so i mean um, again back back to okay so i won't say megadeth lamb of god but it could be in flames or trivium because they will be opening the megadeth that's true so i'll <laughs> see them that's called a catering, run out catch them in flames and so there we go i love so, it i love it and we yeah. hope that happens i'm gonna do everything possible to, you guys are supposed to be here at the sprint center august 7th and until it's yeah. not we're gonna say it is yep. uh jeff for you better fictional band steel dragon or spinal tap um spinal tap wow um, Spinal Tap, uh, Steel Dragon Fictional is a great band for a serious band, but I'll take the comedy. And they had better songs. Every time. You guys had yeah. better songs, though. Well, it, it, it's that's uh, you know that's opinion. <laughs> I, I, I love. Dude, I listen to the rock star soundtrack. Steel Dragon, come on, man! I forget. Yeah, me, come me on. And Roman, my boy, we were driving home from the beach last year. Listening to uh, listening to that fact, that was one of the first things they said. I said, Hey, Roman, I'm gonna work with Jeff. And I said, Oh man, tell him how great the freaking rock star movie is, you know. Awesome. So it's, yeah. See? And you yeah, know, it's, it's funny because uh, that that was another missed opportunity. I think Megadeth played when the, uh, the there was a yes, we were the like filming the fluff band, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in pornos, they have the fluff girl or the fluff guy. <laughs> and and I was, I, I had a tour that just started like the week prior overseas, and I missed. The because they invited me for the filming. I mean, yep. it was even talk. They they were they were trying to get me cast to actually be wow. the voice to be the actor behind the voice. And yeah. unfortunately, Jason Fleming was already. I mean, fortunately because he's an yeah. actor and he did a great job. But that would have been amazing to actually be in the movie. But yeah, hey, you know what? My voice is in the movie. I'll take it. My voice is on on uh, every a lot of these stadium uh, soundtracks from hockey to football to basketball. I've heard stand up yeah. numerous times, and I'll take it. And, and I'm just going to sit there. If I'm listening to actual music, I'm going to listen to Living the Life over Big Bottom any day. Have you ever yeah, sat yeah, and listened yeah, to Big yeah. Bottom? Like, come on. Yeah, I love Spinal right, Tap. Right, I love Spinal right. Tap. Come on. but um, and, I, I, and I've never played any Spinal Tap stuff live where I have played pretty much all the stuff I've sung on the soundtrack, uh, on the Steel Dragon soundtrack thing, a rock star soundtrack. I've played some most of those songs live. And for you, David, the final one, we're going to we're going to forego our um, typical blabbermouth new Megadeth album update headline <laughs> this question, because I, I, I'm, I was such a fan of the Maximum Rock Tour 2000, uh -huh. you, Motley Crue, Anthrax for a minute. But you yeah. were on uh, was it VH1's The List, Best Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll mm -hmm. uh, and with Nikki and Vince and. Yeah. Um, what what was just your your best or worst memory from that tour? You know, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, Making you think. One, one one of the things that's cool is to meet Paul Crook, who was the guitar player in Anthrax at that time, who now that's is right anchor with phenomenal. Love you know produces mixes i mean you know writes i mean he's meets you know i hate to say meets right hand that doesn't sound right 
right hand, right? <laughs> Musical kind of guy, right? Um, that was a good one. You That's know, a band I remember, name. I remember um, in being in Mexico City, and uh, uh, I don't think the Motley Boys were sober at that time. So there, there's kind of two Motleys. There's the sober Motley and the not sober <laughs> Motley. And they were, I think, kind of wiggling and then off the cliff on that one. And, and I remember actually... Um, two, two things. So I remember Mexico City, <clears throat> we played. Um, Megadeth's very popular there on our own. Um, and I remember coming back to the hotel and, you know, the next day, see the guys at the airport and Nikki's like, man, you know, M Molly Crew will have this habit of jumping off the stage and fighting, you know, in the audience, like beating people up, like by song <laughs> one or two, just bang straight off the stage, fights are breaking out. And that happened there. Um, I, here's a, so I was just somewhere recently. Um, I went to a chiropractor and this was on tour and I think it might've been in San Antonio of, of all places. Um, when I was just doing some solo dates back in October and the chiropractor goes, he goes, ma'am, you know, the introduction on your mega death. He goes, you know, I went out to see you guys. You were playing with Motley Crue and, um, we were hired by, you know, to, to treat Motley Crue backstage. And, and then you guys, they got all pissed off because you guys grabbed us to come and, you know, I probably me to get a chiropractic adjustment. Right. And um, so we sort of like snaked the fucking chiropractor away from him. <laughs> right? And I remember because Nikki, <coughs> excuse me, Nikki was he was telling me about this book that he was going to write called The Dirt. And we're uh, I remember just outside, you know, by the dressing rooms and. And he was talking about, you know, the whole thing with Sylvia Rowan and, and you know, Tommy left the band. And it was, it was just a moment, you know, and um, I, I didn't know what to think of it, you know, more than Nikki was pissed off and probably disgruntled and, you know, a lot of fuck those guys and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, but he was in that headspace to start writing the book. And, um, you know, Nikki became one of these authors between The Dirt, obviously, which has, you know, it's a genre, basically, of tell-all books yeah. and the style of how it's written. In fact, I kind of wrote my last memoir, More Life with Death, kind of like that. Um, and in fact, I kind of took it from, a, there's a Kiss book called Nothing to Lose, which is all about the first three Kiss albums. And it, I have a quote from Gene and Paul, and then from a manager and a guitar tech, and, you know, girl who was hanging around so right? you know that, that style that 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 nikki did with the dirt was was clever i mean it started yeah. like a whole new style of writing memoirs of course the movie is amazing and then nikki when he did you know his follow-up with heroin diaries so you know nikki's a creative guy man and he's he's got very clever angles on stuff and and is is definitely a leader well, that is, that is awesome. I'm glad I went that route. That was, uh, I was yeah. 16 in Kansas city, saw that tour. <laughs> and that was the first, I mean, this is the, the typical story you've heard a million times, but that was the first time I ever saw boobs at a concert. I was 16 <laughs> maximum rock tour 2000. Cool. Did you, did you smell we, any weed, man? Yeah. We <laughs> introduced mom, you to boobs. Awesome. I, I Good wasn't. Stuff. Yeah, my mom warned me about that weed stuff, and I was going to go down that route. So no, I'm just saying, you, you, all you have to do is breathe and yeah, Motley Crue. Cover your you nose just... and cover your eyes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, you yeah. guys, this is awesome. Hope every, everybody checks out Ellison Soto. You might have to change that name to what was it? Hand meets meat, beats meat. We got to. We we're gonna oh, change the beats name. Beats right hand man. Beats right hand. Yeah, yeah. Meets I'm just right saying, if man. that if that comes up, you you heard it here first, guys. Thanks so much, David. I'm sure we'll talk to you here in a week or two. Uh, for you, Jeff, hopefully it's not like three or four years this next time, man. We always enjoy it, brother. Right on. 
Thank cool. you guys. Thanks, Glenn. See you. You bet.